Hey everyone, and thank you for joining us here today at IED Sports. This is our 2021 projections for the New York Giants. My favorite team, and I couldn't tell you if I'm excited or not to talk about them today. As always, we're joined with Steve, but we have a special guest, John June. John, why don't you give us a little bit about yourself and where we can find your work? Yes, sir. Guys, again, thank you for having me on. John June at JR Football Nerd, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, you can find all of my work, Fancy Football Diagnostics podcast and YouTube channel. So definitely make sure you check us out. Just search FFDX in the search bar and you'll be able to find all of our work. Also doing some work with gridiron ratings. And also, if you're a Jets fan, I know we're, we're, giant, we're talking Giants right now, but if you're a Jets fan, then now we have liftoff. New York Jets podcast and all Jets podcasts if you're interested. So definitely check that out also on YouTube and all podcast platforms. But I'm ready to talk some Giants, man. Crosstown rivals. Let's get to it. <laughs> all right, let's get after it. First, we have a quarterback and a pretty certain situation. Daniel Jones is going to start every game for the New York Giants this season. You can etch that in steel. And Giants are going to have a really good idea at the end of the season if this is their guy or not. Um, he has one more chance kind of to put it all together in 2021, and he got a lot of weapons. The O-line stinks, but he has a lot of targets to throw the ball to. I have him right now at a career-high 27 touchdowns, 3,765 yards, adding 520 yards on the ground and three rushing touchdowns. Daniel Jones is my quarterback 19, and I think that 19 has considerable upside. Steve, where can you get Daniel Jones in drafts right about now? Daniel Jones is currently quarterback 26 with an ADP of 1409. He's been drafted as high as 1110 and as low as undrafted. I love that. It ju that equally shows, you know, he has four rounds of disparity on where he's being taken. He does have considerable rushing upside. We actually saw he he was the fastest quarterback in an NFL play last year um, with that run where he got caught by Against the turf Eagles, monster and yeah. fell down. Let's just be <laughs> glad he didn't fumble the ball too. Um, for me, he's got to be a buy. He has the weapons for the first time in his career and very good weapons at that. He has a healthy Saquon Barkley for the first time in his career. That's something to look forward to. And I like Daniel Jones. John, what do you got? Yeah, I mean, I think Daniel Jones is absolutely, he's got all the talent, right? I mean, we saw his rookie year when he came in. It was phenomenal, 19 touchdowns, and I think 11 or 12 games, something like that. But he also was a, a guy that if you look at, everyone talks about the year Justin Herbert had last year. Justin Herbert had a 5.2% touchdown rate. That was the same exact touchdown rate that Daniel Jones had his rookie season. Yeah, And so when we talk about a guy that has potential, it's there. And you like you, you mentioned the rushing ability. That's also a factor. And so he was a guy that I was really high on last year because I thought it could have been there. Obviously, there were no weapons. And then you also saw the offensive line for the Giants get exposed a little bit, which, um, you know, caused Daniel Jones to struggle. A lot of it. A lot of it, <laughs> which, I, which for me, and that's part of the reason I know I say this and I say, like, I'm probably going to sound like I'm really in on Daniel Jones. I have him actually – as exactly my QB 26 in my projections. And it's just, I think it comes down to the passing touchdown number. Even if I give him a 5% touchdown rate, I don't think there's a ton of volume because I do think ultimately, you know, Jason Garrett's still calling these plays. Uh, Saquon Barkley, if he's healthy, it's going to touch the rock 300 times. Like we've seen Zeke Elliott do many years in Dallas. And so I don't know if there's going to be a ton of volume there, but I do think Daniel Jones has the upside that's necessary for him to be a potential 
value as a late round quarterback. I love it. And if you look at those touchdown totals, it was 24 touchdowns and 12 starts his rookie year, only 11 touchdowns and 14 starts last year. So less than half, much less than half. I think he can turn it around. Steve, what do you think about Daniel Jones? I'm going to save all my comments for Saquon Barkley. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I guess they are closely connected here. Nope. So let's, it, let's it, move it's on. It's just that I have a lot to say about Saquon. Let's do it. <laughs> Saquon Barkley back from an ACL tear. Um, I have a lot that I could say about him. I think usually with this knee stuff, these players come back surgically repaired better than they left. Um, we saw it, it. For me, it was a fluke occurrence. Everyone got hurt in New York last season. If you remember that turf, there was sticky turf. There was a problem where there was a four-game stretch where I think six or seven players were out for the season. Many of them were giants. Many of them were not. I like Saquon Barkley. I don't think this is an indication of more injuries to come. We will not see him at all during preseason, which is 100% the right choice. We're going to see him riding a bike on the sideline in practice, which is 100% the right choice. But I am in on Saquon Barkley this season. Saquon Barkley is currently running back five. His ADP is 105. He's been as dra- he's been drafted as high as the first overall pick. The lowest he has gone is 107. Anybody want to go before I before I take well, the? I don't know how long you're gonna have, so I'll just go before you. So Saquon Barkley is 100 in play for me. He's my number two overall running back. I just recently moved him up actually because. I was all into Saquon Barkley last year. I thought that my, one of my bold takes was a Christian McC- was that Saquon Barkley would finish as the RB1 because Saquon Barkley, when you look at, again, the volume that's available to him with Jason Garrett, I think 300 carries, you could pretty much etch that in stone. And you look at Saquon Barkley, he's a guy averages over five yards a carry in his career. If Saquon Barkley gets 300 carries, we're talking about 1,500 yards easy for one of the best talents to ever play yeah. the running back position. And then not to mention what he can do as a receiver as well. And, yes, they added Kenny Galladay, but Saquon Barkley, by far the second-best receiver on this team. So give me Saquon Barkley at cost. I'll even take him ahead of the RB5 in the two yeah. spot in a redraft, in a you know typical one-quarterback league, but he's my number two running back. I have these guys very close. I have Saquon Barkley at exactly 303 touches, not rushes, touches total, about 1,600 yards and about 13 combined touchdowns. And that's it for me. That's what keeps him out of that upper echelon is because Giants go three and out a lot. And and if they're getting blitzed on third down, it's going to be a rough season for them. (laughs) So I like Saquon Barkley, but as part of this offense, I have to just temper my expectations a touch, but it's hard not to get excited. Steve, I see you have three paragraphs. Why don't we cut you off after two minutes? Okay. Uh, okay. So I'm going to be honest here. I'm going to avoid him entirely. Even Good. if even if he somehow Good. dropped me in the second round, I would not take him because he is not going to start the season healthy. And when he does, it, it, it's going to be it's going to be around November um, before before we actually see something. And and until that full year is up, he's going to be at risk of hamstring injuries, and he'll be at injury risk the rest of the season. And there's but a player. Steve, and the, well, nope, Dalvin nope. Cook did it, and Dalvin Cook proved a lot of people wrong. It, can't it, it, see. It, I'm say, it's called thing. a setup, Steve. Yeah. So let let's compare him to Dalvin Cook in 2018. After after the ACL tear, 
I, I spoke out against a lot of the criticism against Dalvin Cook. You know, re- remember how you and Mark were were continually saying to me, oh, he, uh, you know, oh, he's going to be bad. And I was just like, no, he's not going to be bad. It's just that he's still dealing with all this stuff. You know, he, he's dealing with the with the tear and he's and he's going to be at risk of soft tissue injuries until there's a full re- full year of recovery. And I cited all of that. And turns out I was right. It was a tough year for Dalvin Cook. He had, he had 133 carries for 615 yards. You know, um, and it, it it and I'm t- I'm just gonna say it now. Unless unless Saquon has some type of Adrian Peterson level of rehab, you know, he's not gonna be worth the draft value. He's not gonna be worth the the fifth overall pick. Now. <clears throat> Is he going to have a? Uh, am I saying that he's going to have a very similar season to Dalvin Cook in 2018? I don't know. I but do I think do I do I think he can have better stat lines? Absolutely. But let's say for argument's sake, and this is important. This is the most important part of my argument. Let's say for argument's sake that um, that Saquon Barkley has a similar stat line to his 2019 sophomore season where he had 103 rushing yards, 52 receptions and 438 receiving yards and eight total touchdowns for the, for, for the first to fifth overall pick that is considered a bust. You are drafting Saquon Barkley because, because you want him to reach that, um, that between that 1500 and 2000 mark. And he's not going to reach that. If, 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 um, if he has anything like his 20, um, 2019 sophomore season, that is, that is my concern with him. My concern, you know, my concern is that people are people are expecting him to be at his rookie season and he's not going to be there. I'm sorry, he's not. And and I and, and I, I, I disagree completely with that sentiment. If we look at Dalvin Cook, he's soft. He goes down a lot. He every time he gets hit, it looks like Matt Breida where his legs fall off. So uh, but, but after, they are but not the same guy. And you know what my source is for saying that Saquon Barkley is a stronger body than Dalvin Cook? My eyeballs. Have you seen those legs? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, but 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 look at the next two seasons for Dalvin Cook. He rushed for uh, um after after 2018 and 2019 he rushed for 1135 and then he and then he rushed for um 1557. And he Split only the difference two- and that's what we're giving Saquon this year. I, wait, we're different. I, I, wait, can I, I can I play devil's advocate? Go for it. Do you remember when uh, Adrian Peterson came back from a torn ACL? That's that's what that's why I said unless Saquon has some Adrian Peterson level of rehab, it's it, he it, you know you're can, not going to get it. Can I play devil's advocate again? Sure. Saquon Barkley's injury was very early in the season. Was it week two? If I'm not mistaken. Yes. Right. Um, so, week two. I thought it was week. I thought it was two. week. It was three. week two, and uh, Dalvin Cooks. Previously had been week four. Four. So yeah. he's got two weeks. I think Adrian Peterson actually had less week time. Week seventeen. Yeah, Adrian Peterson tore his week seventeen. So Saquon Barkley week two. I mean, we're already hearing the reports. So they're not sure when he's playing. Sure. I'm not. I'm not buying any of that nope. crap. Right. I'm gonna watch. I watch the Instagram videos of Saquon Barkley going through workouts and cutting and seeing guys that I trust, people I trust, like Edwin. Edwin Poros to tell me that Saquon Barkley's knee is going to be fine. And I'll just trust the posture that it's just posturing from Joe judge who, by the way, Bill Belichick disciples. So why would he tell us Saquon Barkley is going to play football in September 
when it's he July. won't tell you. Hey, Saquon Barkley will be a game time decision for the first nine weeks of the 2021 regular season. <laughs> you better believe that. And we're, we got to finish. We got to move on. But I will say the difference between uh, Dalvin Cook in 2017 and Saquon Barkley last season is Saquon Barkley has done it two seasons before. Um, at that time, Dalvin Cook hadn't done it zero seasons before. We do got to move on to talk about Kenny Galladay and this uh, Giants passing attack. Couple guys here we got. I have them kind of in order: Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard, Kadarius Tony, John Ross, Darius Slayton, Dante Pettis. We're only going to talk about the fantasy relevant assets here. So we got to start at Kenny Galladay. High upside player, player runs amazing routes, but he has trouble staying on the field. He was brought in to be the number one and to really test what Daniel Jones could be. We talked about the offensive line. There's a lot of holes on this roster, but we need to see now what Daniel Jones is capable of. I have Kenny Galladay this season at 115 targets, 65 receptions, 1,072 yards, and five touchdowns. That's about what he averages when he's healthy. We will see how that turns out. Steve, where's he going in fantasy drafts? Um, he's currently wide receiver 21 with an ADP of 507. He's been drafted as high as 402 and as low as 609. Um, all I'll say is, is outside of his rookie season and last season, he played uh, in 2018, he played 15 games and in 2019, he played all 16. That's all I will say. I have him right now as wide receiver 27, a lot of upside, but also a lot of risk. I can't see myself drafting him there. There's not enough safety, not enough upside for me on this offense. John, what do you think about, uh, Kenny Galladay? Yeah, I've got Kenny Galladay outside my wide receiver two territory. Uh, I just it's hard to get into him at his at you know just the situation that he's going to. It's not a not like it's a, a really high volume offense. Daniel Jones hasn't proven himself yet to really um, be the guy. I mean, obviously, I know I talked about his rookie season, but we all then all saw his sophomore year. So, like, which one is the true Daniel Jones? So the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. And so what does it ultimately become for Kenny Galladay? A just, a, you know, just about a thousand yard season and six to eight, eight touchdowns. I mean, he's a thousand yards would be 30% of Daniel Jones's production next season. Yeah. That's scary. I mean, I have him at a thousand yards and, and, but it's just, you know, there is some upside there because of his big playability, but I don't know. It's really gonna. It's really tough for me to pinpoint what I'm doing with Kenny Galladay. It's just he's a guy that I, I'm just tend to avoid because I'd rather get guys like a Cortland Sutton or a Brandon Ayuk or uh, some of these other guys that maybe have a, or maybe a little bit more exciting. Absolutely, I love it. Now we're going to talk about next Sterling Shepard, um, who is the second wide receiver on this team. There was some debate on him against Darius Slayton, but as uh, we saw on the uh, Scripps Two Ships show, I think it was uh, Steffi Smalls who pointed it out when the Giants GM drafted Kadarius Tony, they called Sterling Shepard to let him know about the pick. They did not call Darius Slayton. Cut him. I have him 25 targets this season. We do have to talk about Sterling Shepard, who we know what he is at this point of his, uh, in his career. Five seasons, averaging 700 yards and four touchdowns apiece. He's got 90 targets and 59 receptions for my projections, just under 600 total yards, three touchdowns. I think that is a safe projection. I love Sterling Shepard. He's not a superstar in this league. He's consistent. He's steady. He's reliable. I, I love the player. As far as fantasy... I have him uh, as my wide receiver, wide receiver 65, currently going as wide receiver 64. Not a lot of upside, but what do we think? I mean, he's only played healthy. He's only 
played fully healthy in two seasons. And he and he played 10 games in 19, 12 games in 2020, posted mediocre stat lines in both 2019 and 2020. I'm a pass. John? I'm going to like – I'm going to – it's almost like a cop-out answer. So I will not draft Sterling Shepard. I will not just because I'm going to look for players with – higher upside than Sterling Shepard. Sterling Shepard to me, floor play at its finest, right? I mean, you know what you're you know what you're getting with Sterling Shepard, especially in PPR. Give me five, five for fifty. Uh, you know, if you get the touchdown, great. If not, like give me my 10 points. But he's a guy that maybe week maybe after week one, after week two, I need some depth. I maybe had an injury. I need a flex. Somebody has a bad matchup. Sterling Shepard's in a good spot. He's probably undrafted. He's probably chilling on waivers. I'm going to go pick Sterling Shepard up because I know what I'm going to get, the production that I'm going to get. And we've seen Sterling Shepard do well in good matchups before. So I think he's a guy, while won't be drafted highly, he'll have weekly val- He'll have some value during s- some weeks during the season. Absolutely. I like that five for 50. I'd have him a little closer to six for 60. I love him. He's one of those guys who, when I'm looking, you know, setting my DFS lineups and I need someone just to cover 10 points on the bottom, Throw Sterling Shepard in there. You'll get some good returns. Um, again, I love him as a player, just not as a fantasy asset, and that's all right. We're going to skip over John Ross, Darius Slayton, and Dante Pettis because they will be mostly non-factors barring injury in this offense. Darius Slayton, um, what do you do? He caught uh, 52% of his balls last season. He had a huge opportunity that just never came to fruition. Um, let's talk a little bit about Kadarius Tony, the rookie. Um, I am by no means a college film analyst, but the one thing I saw with his speedster is that he had a lot of catches in college that pro-level wide receivers don't have. He ran right past a guy, ran out, ran out his coverage, caught a ball over his shoulder. Not really a jump ball guy from what I saw on my film. Um, he, he really capitalized on blown coverages and just running past guys. It's going to be a lot harder to do in the NFL level. 984 yards and 70 receptions, 10 touchdowns last season in Florida. All very good, but uh, you know when I said let's face it, I don't see this as being one of the premier wide rookie wide receivers for the 2021 season. And I wrote really large in the doc in all caps. Let's see it prove me wrong. Yeah, um, Tooney is a sleep a rookie sleeper that I'm going to be paying attention to. I think that Galladay and Slayton will start the season on the outside spots, um, and I think that um, Sterling Shepard is going to start the season as the slot. But I can I can quickly see Tooney um, usurping Shepard and quickly becoming a beast on the inside. Um, it, he almost you know, has a little Victor Cruz about him, doesn't he? Just he like does. Shifty, Let's see, where quick. Do I have him. I have him as number thirteen, right after Trey Sermon on my rookie rankings, and this is out of fifty. Out of, out of the top fifty rookies, um, I have Kadarius Tooney as number thirteen. I have him as the one. Two, three, four, fifth, six wide receiver. All right, John, what do we have for Kadarius Tony? Yeah, in terms of Tony, he's another guy that I'm just going to monitor as the season kind of progresses because he's a guy that, especially, you know, I know Steve is pulling out dynasty rankings. I mean, he's higher on Kadarius Tony than I think a lot of people are in the dynasty community, uh, you know, just playing in some dynasty leagues. I, I'm not even in Kader- into Kadarius Tony, but. I've gotten some Kadarius Tony because of how cheap it's been to get him. And I think that carries over into and that'll carry over into redraft where, hey, you know what? Sterling Shepard's hurt, or you know, because that's probably gonna happen at some point. Kadarius Tony is gonna be in this, you know, the starting lineup. No one's gonna pick him up because it's Kadarius Tony. And 
maybe I, you know, Giants are playing the later four o'clock game. Some of my, someone on my bench from the one o'clock game was either useless or, you know, you know, maybe suffered an injury and I'm playing a format that allows me to swap them out and I'll drop them, pick up Kadarius Tony, see if he has that big breakout game that we all look for from these first round rookie wide receivers. And if he doesn't, then I'll drop him. But I think he's a guy in this offense. They drafted him with a with the intention of a role, right? And you could again, you have to ultimately even when you do projections, when we do projections, right? It's only it's ultimately a median outcome. So we have to kind of tell ourselves stories so we can reach the range of outcomes for what they really are. And you got to tell you, you could tell yourself a story where Kadarius Tony has a role in this offense as a slot receiver, you know, maybe a, you know, uh, I I don't know why I want to say Percy Harvin, but that's where I want to say, maybe it's the Florida connection, but using him in a gadget type role, but also allow him to work as a slot receiver and eat up some of those, those easy targets that Sterling Shepard was getting. I, I love it. I think that's a very good, appropriate spot for him. Um, at undrafted, you can basically get him where you Let's finish up with these tight ends. You got to Evan Ingram and Kyle Rudolph. I think Kyle Rudolph at this point in his career, we know what he is. He's there to block and cover for injuries. I think the days of having Kyle Rudolph as a plug-and-play uh, have passed. I have him at 13 receptions for 140 yards. But Evan Ingram is a very interesting uh, nut to crack. Pass. Um, and... and I'll, let me give my projections first. I've met 70 targets, 40 receptions, 470 yards, and five touchdowns. That is tight end 27, which is far below his ADP. Steve, talk about where he's going. Yeah, his ADP is tight end 17. Um, he's going in the 13th round. And this must be tight end premium leagues that he's been as high as 612, but he has been as low as undrafted. Again, I cannot see myself even in a tight end premium league seeing being in the in the situation to take Evan Ingram in the sixth round. That's just a no from me. Um, John, Evan Ingram, maybe I'm going to talk too much on Evan Ingram, so I'll give you a chance to cut in first. Yeah, so it's interesting, right? Because Evan Ingram obviously had the poor 2020 season, um, you know, where he kind of flopped. Everyone saw him as a top six or seven tight end, and he flopped big time, um, you know, really f- – the drops were what really stuck out to people. But was when I started doing um, my, you know, when I started preparing for the season and, and looking at ADPs and I told you guys before I'm doing the divisional breakdowns and the first team that we broke down was the New York giants. And at that time, Evan Ingram had a tight end. Uh, he was the tight end 20 in terms of ADP. So this was about a month ago. And so when, at that time I said, Evan Ingram tight end 20, I mean, I think that's great value. And I know that you, it sounds like both of you guys are kind of out, but I've got him as my tight end 19. But when you're picking a tight end this late, what are we looking for? We're looking for a guy with top five, top six upside. And there's no other tight end that you'd pick back here, maybe with the exception of like Austin Hooper, who has that, who's done that before. I, I love that analysis. That is I would, absolutely I would take correct. The, I would actually take the chance on Adam Troutman. Rather than no, and I'm Troutman's to the moon. He's way he's and gone I, rounds before you. And, and I understand that, right? But to the point is, like you're still banking on something on Adam Troutman doing something that he's never done. When Evan Ingram's done this before, he's finished as a top five, top six, top seven tight end before. So he he just has one really bad year after having injury riddled years before, and you know now we throw him to the wayside. But tight end. Outside of tight end 20 or tight end 17, that's pretty good value there for a guy that was just throwing two years darts. ago. Yeah, you just, I mean, that's what we're doing at tight end anyway. If I'm not taking Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, uh, Darren Waller, 
or any of these other guys than Evan Ingram, Irv Smith. Jr. I mean, I'm not picking Irv Smith, but <laughs> yeah. Cole Komet, Tyler Higby. Like these are the guys we're choosing from. Yeah, his rookie I, year, Evan Ingram had 722 yards and six touchdowns. He has not reached any of those numbers yet, but he hasn't played a full 16 games ever in his career. Um, I look at his catch totals or his catch percentage. Rookie year, 55-7. Sophomore year, 70.3. Then 64-7, then 57-8. It's just a scatter chart of of inconsistency. If he can get 70 targets and get catch 70% of them, that changes his outlook drastically. My problem with Evan Ingram is less from a fantasy output or, or from the max of what he could do. I'm looking at the fact that he can't just not catch a ball. He's tipping every pass thrown his way. He was personally responsible, I think, for five interceptions that went off of his hands into a defender's hands, including a couple of pick sixes. Um, for me, I don't see Garrett or the Giants organization putting up with that level of play much more. That's However, why they brought in Kyle Rudolph. But Kyle Rudolph is, is the skeleton of Kyle Rudolph. I think that if he can turn it around, Evan Ingram could see double. He could see 140 targets this season. He could literally double my projections, and it would not surprise me a beat, but it has to be because of improved play. Is he dedicated this offseason? Was it a COVID year? I have no idea. And because of that, I'm going to be kind of out. However, I do acknowledge Evan Ingram could be uh, talked about in the same range as uh, Pitts next season, in the same range as uh, Kittle is going. He could be that guy. I, I'm just not putting my money on him. Can I go to a narrative street for one second? Go for it. Contract year. Yeah. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you, you, you joke and, you know, contract year is not necessarily uh, statistically dependent stat, but Zero this is the Giants. Eight. And if they're really testing Daniel Jones, we could see if this team is two and 10 later on in the season, we could see a preseason scenario where they say, forget the playbook. We don't care if we win. Evan Ingram needs seven touches today because we need to evaluate him for next year because we're going to trade him. He's going to be trade bait. They could say, Daniel Jones, forget about what happens. He needs to throw the ball 30 times. We could be in that kind of scenario with this Giants team. They could win eight games this season, but they could be in such bad shape that we're evaluating for the future. And Evan Ingram used to be a piece. He was one of the hottest trade commodities in this league in the real NFL. He could be that again. And if the Giants need to take a couple games just to see, just to know for sure what we have, I'm paying for that information on Evan Williams. We're, we're talking way too much about a bad tight end. That's why we're, we're skipping Kyle Rudolph altogether. Skipping Kyle Rudolph altogether. Okay, guys. Thank you again for joining us at ID Sports. This was our 2021 projections for the New York Giants, comparing ADP to where we have players ranked. And... We're joined by John June. I want to give you one more chance to kind of plug yourself and let us all know where, where we can find your work. Yeah, man, absolutely. Again, guys, this was fun. This was this was a lot of fun. Again, opportunity to talk about these teams. But for me, John June at JR Football Nerd again, make sure you just subscribe to the pod. Uh, make sure you subscribe to, uh, or if you're a Jets fan, now we have liftoff. But um, also make sure you check out Gridiron Ratings. And then the last thing I wanted to mention, most important thing, Fantasy for Unity it's a charity football. It's a charity fantasy football tournament. Uh, we dubbed it the Unity Bowl. You just have to make a donation to one of three charities: the ACLU, the Conscious Kid, or the Equal Equal Justice Initiative. So we just ask you make a donation, screenshot it to the or screenshot it and, and DM it to the account. The, we're hoping to start this tournament August fifteenth. So let's fill this thing up and do it for a great cause. 
Absolutely. I will definitely be representing ID Sports in that charity bowl. Great, great, great cause. I love the uh, very carefully selected um, charities. I read about the... Uh, uh, the, the kid one. What was that called again? Conscious Sorry. kid. The conscious conscious kid. kid. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a great charity. So um, they'll be getting some of my money over there. Um, thank you for joining us. Go have a drink and wash the I-80 taste out of your mouth from listening to me and Steve <laughs> Ramble for the last hour. Thank you guys for joining us <laughs> at I-80 Sports. Peace.